I see you, yeah you, flipping through all the podcasts, looking for something different. Tired of those with all the catchy phrases, a one-size-fits-all quick fix schemes that never seem to fit. My name is Anthony Hart, and if you are like me, you want more than a moment. We are looking for a movement of groundbreakers and world changers who are tired of the status quo, willing to throw it all up to see what sticks, willing to ask a question before pointing a finger. This is your invitation into a collection of thoughtful ponderings posed to make you think, one-on-one conversations that challenge you with fresh perspective, and roundtable discussions where sparks fly as iron sharpens iron. Intrigued? Pull up a seat. We've been waiting for you. But don't get comfortable. You might be up next. In the Red is now in session. Let's go. Welcome back to the In the Red podcast with me, you, uh, and hopefully somebody new, somebody fresh, somebody that you invited, maybe. Uh, That's the whole purpose of this is to have conversations, to talk, to spur something up in you, to challenge you with a thought process that you can begin to share in conversations around you. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that that will open doors for deeper understanding and whatever life is. God has put me in conversation, connection, relationship with people from all walks of life, which constantly challenge me and help me to grow. And I hope you understand that this is the intent of what we do here is to just give you something that maybe pushes you down the thought process of something that gives you a piece of information you might not have had before. And we're going to talk about something today that I think's on the everybody's mind uh, following the Super Bowl. Yeah, the game of all, of all games, right? Uh, unless you're from Europe and um, the FIFA World Cup's way bigger. But anyways, but before we get to that, I want to encourage you, please follow, download, review the podcast so you can help somebody find this, so you can help share this experience with somebody so somebody new can be challenged in this place. Uh, word of mouth is always the biggest thing that I can I can think of when it comes to advertising. As you know, I've talked about it on here. When you do right, when you're doing things the right way, when there are fruit um, of joy, peace, love in your life, it will be invitational to people. And I hope that's what this is. I hope we never get to a place where I'm pointing fingers and accusing. And um, that's just not the heart of God. He invites us to grow. And that's at the heart of what I want to talk to you about today. If you watch the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter who was your team or whether you like uh, Patrick Mahomes or not. All the things, right? There's so much noise out there. I shared a video on my Facebook page uh, following the game and a 49ers fan. There was a video out there of a 49ers fan in the midst of all his party, throws a chair through his TV, picks his TV, throws it to the ground and starts stomping on it. And suddenly his kids come over and begin to help him and assist him in destroying this TV. And it was just upsetting to see where we're at as a society. And it's, I, I'm, I'm going to say this, it's not something new. It's not, we're in the worst time ever. No, it's just more visible to us. We have more accessibility because of social media, because of smartphones with video cameras and all the things. This stuff's been going on forever. It's no different. We just now can see it because people are recording it. The things that celebrities do, they were always doing them. It's just more visible now. Don't be confused and think we're in the worst time ever ever, just because we now have a front row seat to debauchery, to 
Idiocracy. If you've ever seen that movie, you kind of know the path this country and this world's headed down. It it really is a struggle sometimes to watch um, how ignorant we can be and blindly led in some of these things or how our emotions drive us. But in the midst of all that, it was a good game. I enjoyed watching two good teams uh, go at it. You know, I'm a, a sports guy, so I enjoy the competition. And although my team was not in it, it just made it easier for me to enjoy the, the competitive spirit of the game and to watch it go backwards or back and forth. But I want to talk to you about a commercial that stood out to a lot of people. And depending on where you stand on the Christian aisle, uh, then this commercial really stoked some fires. It really validated some things for some people. And it's because of this that it's become a, an all-in or an all-out, a black and or a white. It's either a good commercial or it's a bad commercial, depending on where you're at. And I want to challenge this thought process a little bit. So the commercial I'm talking about, if you didn't see it, if you didn't watch the game, or maybe you did, it's by an organization called He Gets Us. And I remember last year's Super Bowl had a commercial similar that showed people uh, in moments of conflict. So it had like uh, at a abortion clinic where um, somebody outside the, the clinic who is in this crowd of people who are yelling is standing out as different. And somebody who's coming from inside the clinic is coming. And there's a, a moment where they share a connection here in the midst of all the chaos. There was one, you know, it's like at a, a protest where they got the bullhorns and yelling at it. And somebody from each side is, has an intimate moment of connection in the midst of all the chaos, all the things, right? They're trying to demonstrate that in that last year's was love, right? So this year they took it a step further and the entire commercial is people who are diametrically opposed um, doing an act. It, it showed people of different color skin, black and white, doing this act. It showed a, a man and a woman doing this act. It showed uh, a priest washing uh, or doing this act to a uh, what I believe I'm trying to remember back. I don't remember the full commercial, but uh, what was believed to be someone from the LGBTQ plus community. And this act was this. It was washing their feet. It showed somebody, uh, an American, as we could see, washing an immigrant's feet. Uh, it, it showed all of these things. It showed uh, a Jew and a Palestinian. I forget which one, but washing feet. So it was showing these two people who, in the world around us, in the chaos of the life around us, who are yelling and screaming at each other. Now it's taken a step further than speaking to each other. It's showing them washing their feet. And the, the whole purpose of this commercial was that Jesus loves us all and Jesus would have washed our feet instead of effectively what it's saying is judging us instead of looking at the differences. And it's showing a Jesus who loves. Now, when you begin to look at this thing, what actually happens now is you have those out um, who are on one side of this, um, who the Christian, or you know, if you really want to get down to it, the Bible says right or wrong. So those who think they're right, the Christian side of this, were saying, oh, yes, Jesus loves you, but uh, he would never do, he would never wash their feet because there's this that on the other side of this. It's not about the washing your feet. You're still wrong and you're going to hell. And I'm going to tell you how you're wrong and going to hell because you got to go to heaven and I don't want you to go hell. So it, it still has this negative connotation. 
And then there's the other side of this, of the other people in these pictures who would say, well, Jesus still loves us. And here's what you'll find with anybody across the, the space. I, I just shared this with a group of middle schoolers because uh, I'm recording this on Valentine's Day and you'll get this later, right? The whole time space continuum. Um, but we were talking about love. And I said, deep down, everybody wants to be loved regardless of your circumstances, regardless of your decisions in life, regardless of what you've done. We all have a desire to be loved. So when we talk about God, God is love. The Bible talks about this. Jesus came so that we could be free from our sins. Like Jesus represents love. He just is. Grace is the word that we use in church quite often. And what is grace? Grace is unmerited favor, love, appreciation, a value that we don't deserve based on what we've done. So it's funny, but everybody is coming to this and all they're doing is validating that statement first and foremost, that Jesus is love. Everybody wants to have their feet washed by him, right? All these people are like, yeah, he would wash my feet. Okay, so why would you want a Jewish carpenter to wash your feet? Why would you just want some random dude uh, who was a good dude who came to talk about good things to wash your feet? What does that do? Does it validate you to the people on the other side of the line? Why do we want him to work, to wash our feet? See, this is the place I love this commercial for because I'm not so diametrically opposed with the thought process that I don't see an open door to begin to have conversations centered around this moment. Because everybody wants to go to that place. Go, yeah, Jesus would wash your feet. Jesus would wash everybody's feet. Jesus washed Judas's feet. Why wouldn't he wash mine? He would wash your feet. Jesus does love you. Not would love you if you did this. Not would, if you got rid of this or changed this in your life, he would then love you. No, he loves you without a shadow of a doubt. Why did he come? He came to die for our sins. He came to love us when we weren't worthy of it. And not just the people who were alive when he came, but all of us. How much love can we see? How much more love can there be? We wouldn't even die for our, our neighbor, people we know and spend time with. We probably wouldn't die for their sins. We wouldn't die um, for their misdeeds. But he did it for all of us. Everybody who wants to get their feet washed, he would do it for them. But I, for me, as a Christian, what I see is I'm not opposed to this and take it off. And this is blasphemy because that's words that we love to use. This is heresy. Jesus would not have washed your feet. Yes, he would have. But this is a corporate message going out to places where truth is not. It's being sent into homes everywhere. And it's like giving kids uh, a sharp object when you're when we're small. We don't give a handgun to a three-year-old. Why? Because they don't have the wisdom and the knowledge to learn how to take care of it and to not use it in a damaging way. See, this is really the problem with commercials like this. And I know the heart behind it, I believe. I, I think there was a family that's connected uh, from the Christian side of the aisle that really wants to put out this message of Jesus does love you. And I'll be the first to say he does love you. But the important thing is what we're missing is what's the next step? Because everybody wants their feet washed. But let's think about this action for a minute. What does washing the feet symbolize? Why did Jesus wash the disciples' feet? 
if you think back to those day and times, this is the context we don't have a lot, is he was washing their feet because they wore sandals and they walked on dusty roads. They didn't have the nice concrete paths. They didn't have the, the Air Jordans that we had. They didn't have cars. They didn't even have to walk on things, right? They had to walk in the dusty past. They walked probably through manure because animals were walking on the same. It was a dirty place. So when they were coming to eat, they would always, before they walked into home, they would wash their feet prior to dinner. So two things are occurring here. He's taking an action that is required to get into a place where cleanliness is required. You don't come to the dinner table with dirty feet and hands. There's a washing that's required to get to that place. So first, he's not invalidating that washing is not required. He's saying, because of where you've been, I understand that washing is required. See, everybody wants their feet washed, but nobody want to talk, wants to talk about why their feet need to be washed. That's the first thing. The second thing, he's demonstrating a humility because there is a dirtiness, a nastiness of the stuff that's all over your feet. And him being the Lord and Savior sent from heaven to die for his sins, God on earth is saying, disciples, I need you to watch what I'm about to do. Because you can say love, you can say all this stuff that I'm saying, but until you learn to do it like I'm doing it, the person across the table from you is never going to understand the why. He said, I want you to humbly wash people's feet who have walked through some mess, who've made some mistakes, who have gotten dirty because cleanliness is required. The next step of that is what you see quite often with Jesus. We see it in the story with the woman of uh, the adulteress. Uh, we see this quite often when he healed somebody. Jesus gave a, an invitation better than we could ever imagine. So all of these people who are lining up to say, Jesus would wash my feet. You have to know that's not the end of the story. That's why I think this commercial is, is so good for me. It's an open door for me to share a conversation with somebody. I want this to have this discussion. I want people to say, man, did you see that commercial? Yes. And I want them to think that I'm incensed about it. Or I have my feelings hurt about it because I'm a Christian and I'm just like every other Christian. And I'm going to say, no, he would wash your feet. He does love you. But you know what the rest of that story looks like? I do because I had to have the same invitation. See, after he washes your feet, after he cleans off the mess that you've come through, after he cleans off what life's, you hear this all the time from me, what life has done to you, what has been done for you and what's been done by you. All three of those things contribute to a broken identity, contribute to a place in life where we are a product of what's been done in those moments. When he washes that off of us, the invitation is what he said to the adulteress after he cleaned away all of her, um, the voices who are telling her she's dying, she's going to hell, she's, it's time to kill her, all of her accusers, when he got all of them away. In a foot-washing moment, although he didn't physically wash her feet, this was the process he was trying to demonstrate. And he looked at her and said, where are your accusers? 
In other words, I've cleansed you for this moment right here. I've, I've taken away what you've done. I've taken away those that can hold you accountable for it. And this is a moment between me and you. Much in the way when he's washing the disciples' feet, he looked up at them in their eyes, looked them eye to eye. Because he needed, to, he needed them to know the humility of the master, of the rabbi, of the Lord of Lord, King of Kings, washing their feet. He looked at that adulteress and he said, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. See, we don't know what happened to that woman. We don't know what the rest of her story is. All we know is there was an invitation made. I can remember my life, those moments. Because it wasn't just one moment and I never sinned no more. No, there was the first moment of connection. The first moment where my feet were cleaned. And I did go back and step in some stuff. But through a course of life, I realized along the way that he does love me enough to clean it off. And when I stop walking in those places, I don't need to have my feet washed every day anymore. And it's in that place where I'm walking around and my feet aren't dirty that people can begin to notice that something's different. See, the people who need their feet washed, many of them don't even know or understand what the process looks like. Jesus was not saying in that moment that I'm here to wash everybody's feet. He said, disciples, I'm cleaning yours. Because if you're going to go make a difference in the world, if you're going to go and be a light and show people that their feet need to be clean, then yours have to be. See, I'm looking at you, Christians, looking at those of you who profess to be a Christian, who have it right, who figured it out, who love God and read this word all the time and pray. Does your feet look any different than theirs? Have you gone back to the places that he cleaned off of you and walked in them again? Have you negated the humble work that he came to do to die for your sins? Because after this commercial, two things have to happen. And it's all about us. First, we have to stop and take notice. Are we truly walking out the invitation to be different? Or does our voice sound like everybody else's? Do our actions look very similar to those around us? Are our feet still as dirty as they ever were? That's the first step. The second step is to begin to create intimate connections with people who don't look like you, act like you, sound like you. Because Jesus did another thing very well with his disciples, even those ones who were following them, the moments that they fell short, the moments that they hadn't arrived. And even though he had taught them and led them and they they did something silly, he would always look at them and say, oh, ye of little faith. In words that are maybe more similar to us, why don't you trust me? See, because as you trust him, you begin to know more and study more and spend more time here. It begins to change you from the inside out. And it's in those places where your faith grows. And as you connect with people who don't believe, 
And we stop trying to preach at people and we start living with people. It opens a door for them to trust us, to have a conversation about this commercial, to ask us what we think, to ask us, would Jesus wash our feet? And it's in that place of expansion we could say, yes, without a shadow of a doubt, he would wash your feet. But his invitation would be that you never need your feet washed from that stuff again. His invitation that would be, you go and sin no more. Go learn what this word says. Learn that you've done life your way. And you have this um, shining badge of honor. And look what I've gone through. Look what's been done to me, for me, and by me. And I'm still standing. He would say, you don't have to wear that dirt anymore. You can keep doing it away. Or I could wash your feet, dry them off, look you in the face and say, I died for you because I love you. You can go back to where you were and it won't change my love. But the rest of John 3, 16 is, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Do you notice that does not say, but will not perish, should not. That puts the should on us. Are we making the decision in our life? Are we really giving an opportunity to him? To be changed, to be challenged to grow. I hope this has challenged you a little bit. I hope if you're that Christian that who is offended by this commercial and says it should be much harder than this. The open door is not hard. The invitation is not hard. It's the steps they take afterwards. We can't force them, make them, persuade them. But our lives will be that invitation, that open door, that love, that value that they've been waiting to see, experience. That's the place where truth is revealed. God bless you. Have an amazing week. Football season's over. And a new one's begun. Go Titans. Be blessed. Let's go.